Hey friends. Hey zebras. What's going on? Welcome to the show. So today, Jose Otero is on the show. Jose works for Jari, which is an organization in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, Jari really is an organization that helps businesses grow, and Jose helps entrepreneurs learn the ropes as they learn how to operate, run, and manage their own business. So Jose is an entrepreneur and innovation coach. And Jari, this organization, uh, which you can find in the show notes right now, is a nonprofit economic development organization that's been around for for a long time in the central Pennsylvania area. And Jose, really, I brought him in because he's got an interesting story. Number one, he has, let's see here, worked in public relations, financial analysis, risk management, the healthcare sector, served as the district director for a United States member of Congress, also got his MBA in strategic leadership, and also worked for the Department of Defense. He, he was working with Department of Defense contractors, financial institutions, school districts, law enforcement, nonprofits, Fortune 500 companies, and many more, plus mentoring the youth and mentoring entrepreneurs. So that's the reason that I wanted to have him on, is because he's a member of this great organ- organization called Startup Alleghenies. He also is a member of Jari, and being an entrepreneur myself, and I know a lot of people who either want to be one, are on their path to be one, or are deep into being one and and could use maybe some guidance, maybe some help, or just a conversation from a couple of people who understand what it takes to make this sort of thing work. So that's why we have labeled this podcast and named it Myths and Facts about being an entrepreneur because there's many myths and there's many facts out there. And for some people, the myth might be a fact and the fact might be a myth, but until we get into that and really discuss it, I think it's kind of hard to define one from the other. So thank you so much for Jose for being in here. Got a shout out to the sponsors. Got a shout out to Juice, J-O-O-S, 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg, The Juice Bar on Facebook and Instagram. Hot soups, raw vegan baked goods, smoothie bowls, bone broth, cold pressed juice and smoothies. Everything is fresh and made to order. Also, shout out to The Clay Cup in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Facebook and Instagram, The Clay Cup, coffee, tea, and creativity at The Clay Cup. Watercolor classes, pottery painting, delicious coffee and teas, bagels and oatmeals. Stop now, I'm getting hungry. And also, Trade Secrets in Altoona. Secrets in Trade on Facebook, all natural body care products to make your body feel good. Plus, there's no added ingredients or chemicals in any of those things to make your body feel weird. And Like, why are you putting all these strange chemicals into me? That's not what happens at Trade Secrets. They have wax candles, bath bars, all-natural deodorants, whip body butters. I actually use the all-natural deodorant. I have it on right now. Get a little smell on here. I smell delicious. It is, and I'm, I could say that and lie. I'm not lying, though. The, the, the deodorants are all-natural, and they smell amazing. I feel like they last longer than regular deodorants do as well. But That's Trade Secrets. In Altoona, Pennsylvania, Instagram, trade secrets, underscore, skincare. Let's get this show started. This is Rob Z Radio. Hello there, Jose. Thank you for being here, my friend. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Very cool to have you in the studio today. Yeah. First timer. First timer podcast. here. First podcast you've ever been on? First podcast, yeah. Yeah, awesome. yeah. So... Be easy on me. Okay. <laughs> now we have the title up, but people can see it. Uh, Entrepreneur myths and what, myths and facts. Myths and facts. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So before we even get started, tell people who you are, uh, what you're all about, and what you're doing here today. Okay. Let's get a little background. A little background. Yeah. Uh, Jose Luis Otero. Currently, I'm employed by Jari, Johnstown Area Regional Industries, 
I've been there for about a year and a half now. Um, I ended up there by taking a leap of faith. Um, I worked in government and Congress for a number of years for a congressman uh, in various roles. Um, I've also worked for a traumatic brain injury center, traveled throughout the Northeast, uh, educating service members and other medical professionals about how brain injury may occur in the line of duty and how to return those warriors back into that line of duty if that's an option. I've worked uh, financial crimes background, financial analysis, investments, uh, mortgage. Uh, I started out there washing dishes. <laughs> I started out washing dishes with $10 in my pocket. Okay. Exactly how I Where was that at? This is in Santa Cruz, California. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's been a very interesting journey. Um, overall, you know, I've been very blessed. I've been in southwestern Pennsylvania now for 12 years. August 30th was my anniversary date out here. Um, and I love it. You know, it, it's certainly a, a place to raise a family. It's a place to build a business. Uh, it's a place to play sports. It's, it's, it's a place to live, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Where is your journey, right? Starting from the dishwasher. Yeah. Going through all those jobs that you just mentioned. Obviously, you're an entrepreneur yourself. Or is that how you've always looked at yourself? Or how, how have you looked at yourself yeah. throughout the years? So it seems I, like. So I guess throughout the years, Rob, it's I'm like. tilt this up just a little bit. It, it, it's been an interesting journey where I've worked for a lot of startups or I've worked for a lot of companies that were starting a new program. Uh, so either myself have been involved in the beginning of this is what I think we can do. This is what I think we can build all the way to it's a full on agency organization that has a multimillion dollar budget and they have a new program that they want to launch. Uh, so as far as being an entrepreneur, I've seen many different sides of it itself. I myself, I'm not a business owner. Yeah, uh, but you've worked with many business owners. Maybe someday I will be. Yeah, maybe yeah. someday I will be. It might be in my cards. It yeah. just seems like all the different things that you've done, that's kind of like the entrepreneur trait, like trying, experimenting, trying many different forms of industry out or different passions out. Yeah. And then so. figuring out which one is the right one for you. I think so, yeah. So I think that's where it is that I'm most helpful in the role that I'm in right now um, or in my previous role. Uh, I've had a taste of many different industries and how they work or how they don't work uh, from the entry-level job to the higher responsible uh, position, you know, managing and in charge of folks for whatever the mission may be. Mm -hmm. um, so based on my experience on the various industries and you comb them all together yeah i think that's where my path has led me right now to help entrepreneurs find their own path uh, and how it is that they can get there in a reasonable amount of time <laughs> what is a reasonable <laughs> amount of time in your experience for an entrepreneur yeah so some of them have been really good and all i need to do is just jump in and provide basically the validation of mm -hmm. what it is that they're doing. And it could be from a few weeks. Um, is that like helping them confirm their idea or helping them learn how to get it off the ground or? A little bit of all, Rob. So okay. it, it's just basically, it's looking at the business plan for sure, for starters, uh, for a, a new company, a new business. I consider that a very important document, internal and external. Internal because it allows for you to understand where what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. And you're able to identify a lot of different key areas that you're going to need to get to the ribbon cutting ceremony. But after the ribbon cutting ceremony is what's more important, right? Yeah. Maintaining sustainability. Um, and then it's they, one thing to get it started. 
Oh, yeah. That's one thing. Let's just, just think the, about it. That's yeah, just the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we started the business. Oh, now we got to do all the work. Where's the uh, customers? Right. Yeah, yeah. How, how do we turn this out? So, right. so with that being said, there, there's differences in the way that you look at entrepreneurship because there is the for-profit and the non-profit side mm-hmm. as well. And I've been able to be fortunate enough to work with both sides. Uh, currently working with one nonprofit or launching this nonprofit status, I'm working on a couple other more of the social entrepreneurship. So there's even different levels of entrepreneurship. It's not just you're an entrepreneur. Uh, yeah. there, there's different types that there can be. That know. word gets tossed around, it seems like, anymore so yeah. flippantly. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're right. There's many different forms of it. So I guess many different kinds of people can, can use that term. But it, uh, to you, what does that word mean? So you've worked, how long have you been working with entrepreneurs and helping them? Uh, build their business, and with that, what does the word come to mean to you? Full-time dedicated at just this for a year and a half Okay. now. Um, entrepreneur to me means somebody that, bottom line, is looking to be self-employed, and that's that. Mm-hmm. What other forms come about that is, again, industry-specific or up to the individual and what it is that they're looking to do. So two of the questions that I always ask any entrepreneur is, what are you doing? And then why? And then we just expand from there. You know, the, the what allows for me to understand from that 30,000 foot overview to the very, very intricate detail that it may require for this to be executed. Yeah. Uh, and the why, it's where's your passion? Like, why are you doing this? You know, I hope it's not for the money because if the what is good enough, that money piece will come into play. I've yeah. seen it time and time. You know, those guys and gals that have come to me, it's like, oh, because I want to make money. Okay. That's going to be a tough I road. do too. <laughs> you, I know you do, but yeah. how and why? Why? And, and I really like to get into the why to really be able to allow the entrepreneur to understand, you know, they're, they're going to walk, in some cases, a short plank. It's, it's, it's that leap of faith. It's that you have to take that risk. Yeah. Where, for example, um, I have a number of folks that I've worked with that are currently employed, uh, working their full-time job while they're working on getting an exit strategy into their own business. Well, once you do that, then you're going to lose your health benefits. You're going to lose a bunch of those different things that you're accustomed to. That's why I call it that short plank, you know, because shortly after you leave there, you have to make sure that you cover yourself in all the different ways that you're usually able to have a lifestyle. Because yeah. entrepreneurship is all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's maybe, the thing that's, you... maybe that's a myth or fact. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll touch on that one, right? Well, it's true. You can't shut it off. You can't. And especially you can't. once you own your own business, then all that leisure time you'd have like after your nine to five and you went home and you were relaxing – that's a little bit harder to relax, especially in the beginning, because you're like, oh, wow, this, 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 this. You start making a list, and you're like, the list is 8,000 things long of all these things I have to do, compared to your 9 to 5 before where you go into work, and, oh, my boss wants me to do these things. I get those done. I leave them at work. I go home, forget about them, come back the next day and go back to them. But when you're doing your own thing, that's not the case. That right there is something that I have seen so many entrepreneurs Whenever they leave their current employer because of the structure that was there, this is there, this is there, these forms are there, many entrepreneurs forget that that's what allowed for those companies to become successful. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to fight the corporate. No, no well, let's well, figure, well, let's it, figure this out yeah. a little. There's a reason why the organization is built that way. So I try to get those entrepreneurs to realize all those things were in place for a reason. Mm-hmm. 
what are those things going to look like for your business? Mm -hmm. So then it's kind of like, okay, well, maybe this isn't really work because this is something that I really want. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the entrepreneurship that I, I have seen across the board is, you know, the, the passion when, when you are really for this, it, it's not work. Yeah. Yeah. We it is it, sometimes. It, it can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it can definitely be, but, can be, but yeah. But it, it, it's not because you, 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 you enjoy what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, here's something it doesn't else. feel it, like work yeah it doesn't feel like points. work uh, you know so for example right now um, I'm leading a session for junior achievement uh, through uh, for Zion prep over in downtown Johnstown and one of the things that we've talked about is career success mm -hmm. so I was asked you know would you want to do the entrepreneurship uh, course I'm like mm, I could but I think I'd be more helpful in career success where you're going to splash into, what industry you're going to splash into, right? Based on all the different things that I've done. Yeah. And one of the common themes that I've told these guys is when it comes to entrepreneurship or when it comes to finding the type of job that you're looking for, pay attention to those folks that are telling you, I love what I do for a living. Like they're excited to go to work. Yeah. Those are the folks you want to really pay attention to that give you that insight to what it is that they're doing that makes them shine, makes them feel good, yeah. allows for them to have hope, right? All, all these now we're getting outside of entrepreneurship things, but these are all the different things that you really need to be able to have to go to work. No, I think those are all the most yeah. important things, right? The, uh, it's, it's really comes down to, I, I found that being an entrepreneur, it really, if you want to make it work, you have to get into self personal development. Yes. It's extremely important because when you're on your own floating out there by yourself, you need to be well-developed yourself mentally to handle it Absolutely. because if you're not then you're gonna and you, and you have to study people who have done it so that you're like it, it's like comfort you know it's like oh wow this person did this this person did this i can watch them and see how they did what they did and how they got to where they are so i need to do that in my own way whatever that looks like i mean that's a very generalized statement but yeah so super important. here's a fact right yes uh, we, we just recently ran some numbers over at jari and one of the biggest metrics that came across as far as the services that we have offered is the support service. It's the, are you okay today? How are you? Are you che I'm just checking in, you know, last time you were frustrated or um, whatever it may be, you know, that, that emotional piece. Yeah. Uh, and, and we measure that out actually to s see how many hours we're, we're providing, whether it's in capital, or marketing, or support, as, as we like to call it in general. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the higher metrics, is making sure that our entrepreneurs have a healthy state of mind. Because it can become over overwhelming. There's a high suicide rate with entrepreneurs. I mean, that's a real I thing. Don't, I, I don't know what that rate would be. But I, I forget where I was I, just... I, would, I heard that somewhere, or read that, that it's, it's higher than the average, uh, just for the average person who has a nine to five job i guess i don't know i don't know how they factor those things yeah out. Right, I but it made sense to me as far as you know if you dive in and you don't exactly know what you're doing or you're not fully prepared i mean obviously you don't know fully what you're doing you learn along the way but i think he said your what and your why like if you don't have a good why it's really hard like if your why or if, if, if the reason is like i'm just trying to make some money you're gonna have a really hard time and that's yeah. gonna be very stressful like my first six months last year super stressful for six months like it was, it was really looking back on it uh it was bad just in like monetary and and like day-to-day -day just kind of being unsure of what i was doing but i did have a why behind it um 
but looking at looking at it when I was in the day to day of it, it was just stressful day to day. It wasn't like this this terrible terrible thing. It was just like this constant stress that was on me. Like I got to get a client because I, I jumped into digital marketing, jumped out of radio, jumped into digital marketing, and um, thought that I was just I thought that I was you know I had it under control. I know what I'm doing. I went through these courses, so I learned what I was doing. I I have a good idea of where I'm going to start this thing and where I'm going to take it. But it was the fear sets in pretty quickly, at least for me. Some people might not have that situation. You, did, did you run a pro forma? A what? A pro forma. Did no. you Did you run numbers behind the business? Did, so I guess math and myth and fact, yeah. right? Myth, myth okay. and fact. Um, so when myth, I, I can figure this business out, you know, just based on what I know. Mm-hmm. Mm, do you know? Mm-hmm. I guess that's the question, really. Do you know? So right. In the performer, you're looking at the financials, essentially. You're looking at what your startup costs would be. And a lot of folks do end up doing this in a notepad, and then they, you don't put it into an Excel or whatever other database. They just do it in a notepad. Yeah. Okay. Good start. Again, how do we get past the ribbon cutting? So looking at your cash flows and looking at your cash flow analysis, being able to understand what it is that you're bringing in every single month, Versus what you're expensing every single month, and then hopefully that ending balance, you carry it over back to the top of the next month, and yeah. da, 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 et cetera. So running a cash flow analysis, in my opinion, or probably a fact, is probably something that all entrepreneurs should do with their business when they're looking to start before they really get there. They need to be able to understand the revenue stream. So you're saying to map that out, look at the possibilities, not even like that it's happening right now, but before you even jump ship break that down. I did not do that. I mean, I have QuickBooks, which balances all my stuff out. Yeah, that's like for the now. Yeah, that's for the now. And this is what I'm doing. And I'm glad you're doing that. So you're actually separating business versus personal. Please continue to do that. (laughs) Very important. Please do so. (laughs) You know, because mama doesn't need new shoes off of the corporate account. Right. And get a CPA as soon as you possibly can. Oh, Rob, yes, please. Opinion on that one. Um, If you don't have that financial background or that bookkeeping background yes can you do it mm-hmm. is it going to be i mean for me it was mind numbing that, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that my that's not my wheelhouse so i knew i had to get somebody to help me with so this. some folks do it because they can't afford it all right mm-hmm. but there are very affordable services that yeah. are out there um i mean quickbooks is 20 bucks a month it's not there you go yeah there you go you know that's one of the cheapest expenses that you can make you know but so so you get quickbooks and then what do i do with it right <laughs> right, right. Watch some, i, I watch some youtube videos just watch some youtube okay, videos so there are some self-learning tools and things like that <laughs> you can participate in other network events as well mm-hmm. um that have daily or once a month type of trainings as well super affordable either way Rob, I don't want you to become the accountant. I really, really don't. But yeah. understanding your financials and what they really can be allows for you to the way that I explain it, you know, to the, the junior high or the high school kids, it's it's like your magic ball, basically, right? You're you're going to be able to tell the future that way. Yeah. So when I explain it that way, they're like, oh, so you can tell the future? Yeah. You can predict it by looking at your units or the amount of clients or however it is that you're making money, whatever that revenue stream may be, your business model, and allocate that over the next two years. So why would you do that? It allows for you to see where you stand as far as making money. You're either breaking even or you're making a little bit more or 
you can go buy some new shoes, whatever it is, whenever you wish. Yeah. Okay. Are those numbers reasonable as well? For example, um, opened up a CrossFit excursion downtown, uh, working with JP Scully. We decided to run his pro forma, right? And we looked at the amount of memberships that he would have to do for one full year mm-hmm. in order for him to have a business that would be sustainable. Great. Well, he hit that margin or that mark very, very quickly, a lot sooner than one year. Awesome. Great problem to have. Yeah. Kind of, right? Because then how do you then expand? So that's where the business plan, we looked at, you know, how what will happen then when you have specific trigger points or, or things, if I can forecast, if this will happen like this and that will happen like that, then I need for this to happen. And so once you reach, for example, in that case, uh, so many memberships, is it time to move? Mm-hmm. Is it time to open a second location? So you're looking at scalability then. So I, I would like to say that a fact is, is that the business plan serves many purposes internally, right? So far, we've been talking about all the internal stuff here, yeah. not even external. Because what if you're looking for investors? What if you're looking for a loan? Um, you know, Who are you going to borrow money from? in mm-hmm. order to do your business if you don't have already all that funding source. The banks are going to look at it. Jari's going to look at it. Any investment group is going to look at it and say like, okay, have you thought about this? <laughs> what are you doing? What are I don't you know. I was going to do it. We're going to jump ship and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then uh, with the other hat is, have you thought about this? And am I going to get my money back? Yeah. Am I going to take a chance on you? So the business plan is an internal, allows for you to really stay focused, gives you a path. It lets you see your pivot points because you will pivot as an entrepreneur. If you're not pivoting. There's no way you're landing in one thing and that's it and you've nailed it and you have, like the idea that you're going with is what is going to be your end result. There's no, I mean, maybe that's happened once or twice, but for most people. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Or it might end up being the thing you do want to do. It makes sense. Like this is where I want to go with it, but there's so many they say it's like uh, when they fly uh, a spaceship to the moon, it doesn't just fly straight to the moon. It's like constant corrections, over millions and millions of corrections. Yes. Just tiny little ones. Yes. And that's kind of like what being an entrepreneur is like. Like you have to be able to fly this thing straight. But while you're flying it straight, you're just teetering it back and forth the whole time. There's a number of calculations that were made in order to get to launch date. Yeah. And once it actually launches... How do we actually get it there then? Yeah. Right. And and so there are a, a lot of different changes in, in the business world or depending on the business that you're running, the pivot points can come in your product and your product development. What you thought may have been a prototype. If you're developing a product and you have a prototype, it may not end up working that way based on the results of testing that prototype. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way to service, you know, be, being able to find the right team mm-hmm. to be able to deliver the service or the product it is so pivot points can happen in many different ways financing can certainly throw in a wrench into the into the play not having enough capital to open up um i would i would say though that you know since some pivot points that i see more often or not for people that are looking to open a business is they want everything new they come in and they're like, I want a new microphone. I want a new this. I want a new that. Yeah. And this, this, and that. Well, so I have that conversation. I'm like, can we get to the MVP 
Like, what's your minimum viable product? Like, what's the... Yeah. Well, what about my T-shirt and my logo, though, first? <laughs> I want to make sure my logo's good and my T-shirts are made. I'll worry about the product after that. <laughs> you can do that, too. I'm just messing around. You yeah. can certainly do that, too. Well, I'll tell you what. So this is something that does come into play. Um, recently, I've been working with an entrepreneur, um, Tom McConnell with Eternal Remembrance. Um, he was able to grab his logo and the way that he he outsourced the logo and the creation of it before he even had a product. Now, lately, this is a, actually a pretty cool entrepreneur in the local area. It's a GPS-based app that's working uh, as a social media platform to be able to eternalize the memories of a loved one. All right. What? It's not. Yeah, I know. I know. So basically, like, long story short, it's. The way that you can upload your videos, your messages, your pictures, audio files, whatever you wish to be able to upload. And whenever somebody dies, you upload these whatever memories it may be, um, just as you would on a Facebook like, for example. Yeah. Um, but the uh, addition, what's the differentiator behind all of this is really you can drop a GPS location on it wherever the individual is buried, where their ashes are scattered, oh, wow. their favorite fishing spot, geocaching, essentially, being yeah. able to eternalize the memories by actually drawing people to where you were or where you are currently at for your eternal resting place. Um, so either way, he had a logo. Wow, that's he, wild. He, he had the motto. He had all that stuff done before even this was developed. Um, over the last, I would say six months seven months i met an individual with a notepad and prototype is almost finished and it should be launched by january hopefully with some pre-sales going on as well um, very cool so yeah that, that one was a really cool so as an entrepreneur coach you get to see both right? sides yeah like both design both beginnings both which do absolutely. you find uh works best i guess would be the or is there not one that works best? It just depends on the person. Depends on the person, the product, or the project, I would say. Uh, you certainly want to be able to tie in, though, you know, whether it's your logo or your brand. What's your brand all about? Mm -hmm. um, we just mentioned one right before we started, right? Uh, everybody knows the swoosh. Or everybody knows this or everybody knows that type of thing. Yeah. Everybody knows the golden arches, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, being able to have a strong uh, logo for sure. It, or, or consistent, better said. Because mm -hmm. uh, when you start changing it around, it's you want to be able to recognize the individual. Um, and you can brand products, services, or people. Mm -hmm. You really can. I've worked in those type of fields, right, where yeah, I had to brand an individual. I had to make sure that people understood the image, the voice, everything that they were hearing or seeing about this individual. It was pretty straight good forward when it came to this is what you're going to get behind this name. Yeah. And that's an individual, not even a product or something that you can touch. You know, yeah. individuals are a little bit different because of personalities yeah. and things that happen in life. So branding for sure is important. Well, something sure. I, I talk about a lot uh, when you, if you're a small business owner and in your town, like, or wherever you are, if it's online or whatever, if somebody knows what your business is, they most likely know who you are. If they know who you are, they most likely know what your business is. If you're small enough, and even bigger businesses too, it, it can be still connected the same way. But I look at that as like when I, I when I think of social media and anything online, it's so important to 
maximize that and utilize that to your fullest potential and, and put yourself out there. Lots of people are very hesitant to put themselves out there, but when you're on a small scale, people need to identify that logo, that business, that concept with something. And when they can connect it with you, that builds trust, right? It builds like yeah. recognize you recognize the person, it builds that that recognition is huge. That leads to the trust and reliability in what you do. And if you can do that accurately, it helps you so much more move forward. I've just noticed for myself yeah. putting content out has helped my business just because I'm talking about things that I do. And if I if you can talk about the things that you do and talk about them well with other people, then people recognize, oh wow, that that person knows what they're talking about. Okay. It, it helps. Yeah, yeah. No, so let, let, let me uh, chime in on that one for okay. sure. So myth, right? Myths and facts yeah. is what we're doing here. So myth, you need to have a marketing or advertising budget so that you can have billboards and this and that. Yeah. Mm, I think that's a myth. You certainly should have some sort of uh, marketing budget, but how you spend it. And this is where I'm going to touch on specifically with that. So working with young entrepreneurs, young meaning that they're not many years. Doesn't in, matter the age. The business. No, 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 how, no, many, yeah. how far they're into Exactly, it. exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, they often put like, you know, $1,500 or $2,000 down in advertising, in a billboard or wherever it may be. But that's a pretty big budget, man. That's a lot of money. To start out to with? To start out yeah, with. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Okay. All right. So I, I look at them. I'm like, so how about this instead? How about you set $500 aside and I get you. Now, is that fifteen two grand for a month? Or what are they using that? Just to That's start. Just their starting just budget to start. in general. Okay. Just to start. Just to start. Okay. How about I get you $500 instead of all of that right now? We're going to change maybe this a little bit. Give me $500 and let's find you dinners or lunch events that you can attend about $25, $20 a piece. Mm -hmm. How many of those events do you think you can attend? So then the quick math, they're like, okay, well, four times 25, four times 20. Okay. All right. So let's just say that I could go to 20 events. Okay. When you're at those 20 events, how many people are going to be there? 150, hopefully. Mm -hmm. 200 people are the type of events that you should be going at, at that price range, $20, $25. You need to shake almost every single hand there. Mm -hmm. I need for you to go in there because you are your best advertising. You are it. Mm-hmm. You can put whatever you want on a billboard. You can put whatever you want on a commercial, et cetera. But you yourself, if people know what it is that you're doing and the way that you explain it and the way that you can feel that passion of what you're doing, yeah, you're going to gain your customers. They need to see the face behind the company. Absolutely. And that also helps you to practice talking about what you do, going out absolutely. there and Gotta having have a conversation. A Fact, should have a pitch. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely should. And I don't even look at it like, yeah. I don't, as a pitch, I always look at it like, I just, the more I talk about it, the more I know what I'm talking about. So when you, uh, pitching, I think networking, those words like networking, pitching, they get like, I feel like they just get a bad rap after a while. Yeah, no, but it is what it so is. Much. They shouldn't. Right. They shouldn't. They really shouldn't. <laughs> they really shouldn't. You know, it's the same thing as just being able to be comfortable and telling it is what you want. Okay, the way that I rephrase it to, to a customer, do you want their money? Or to an entrepreneur, do you want their money or not? So yeah. you're going you're gonna <clears> to <throat> be able to pin them down in 30 seconds, and you're going to be able to sell whatever it is that you're selling, whether mm -hmm. it's a product or service. Do you want it or not? Because if not, you're just seeing $125 walk away. 
You yeah. just saw $200 walk away, yeah. $300 walk away. And they may be your customers today, or they may be your customers tomorrow. Yeah, or in a year. Or in a year, whatever. based on the relationships that you're building with them. Mm-hmm. Trust. Trust, 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 right? It, it all goes back to whether you, where you take your car to get washed or where you go to get your coffee. Yeah. Trusting that they're going to give you what it is that you want. And so putting a face behind the business is very important. For sure, as you were touching on that, you know, in the small community, people know you, you know them, things like that. Well, if you don't know a whole bunch of people, you need to get out. <laughs> you need to go shake hands. It's hard to grow when you don't know anybody. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, stop asking your friends and family if this is a good idea. Yeah, they're just, that's stop not. Stop that. That could be your first phase. What did the, the guy who created FUBU, uh, Damon, I forget his last, last name, but that's what he said. He said, you can start with the friends and family. That's fine. Start there or whatever, but yeah. you need to get past that phase very quickly. You need to put put that product in front of people who have no idea who you are, no idea what you do, and then get a reaction. So before you do that, I would even do that way before that. I would do it through customer discovery. Yeah. Uh, customer discovery, you're asking, you're surveying, you're trying to figure out what your market segments are. Will this pizza shop do good or will this app sell across the country? Mm-hmm. Customer discovery can, is something that should be done. It's one of the cheapest forms to be able to see if your product or service or business can stay alive. Is there enough interest? Whom it is that is going to be buying? Because your friends and family are cool. Great. Got it. Love the support. But outside of that, you really need to find out what it is. And the pivot points come through the customer discovery. Mm-hmm. On a number of occasions, I've seen it where somebody thought that their price point was right on. I mm-hmm. mean, they were great. Their customers were telling them they would pay more for it. Like, wait a minute. I totally missed the ball on this. I thought I was being reasonable. Yeah. This is why you're asking who your potential customers are. And while you're doing that, you're gathering information from those folks that are answering your surveys to then hopefully turn those then those leads into sales down the line. So it's strategic behind why you do customer discovery. It's not just for now to see if it's to work or not. It's to grab that population and hopefully turn them into your customers because they were originally interested anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, through Jari, how do you guys, do you work with entrepreneurs to do that? How do you present that sure, to so, do the customer discovery? So at, I have an interesting role at Jari, actually. Uh, Jari itself, I'll, I'll, I'll pitch. I'll pitch. Yeah, I'll pitch Go Jari. For it. I'll pitch Jari. And you got 30 seconds. 30 seconds or less. <laughs> Go. Right? All right. So at Jari, we were able to offer various amounts of services as any economic development agency should. We allow for companies to be able to access uh, procurement technical assistance tools uh, through two uh, folks, one of them being uh, my program manager and myself. So that's the other hat that I wear at Jari. Uh, We also offer uh, financing for small businesses, for startups, for example, or if somebody's looking to expand their business. Mm -hmm. We offer various uh, loan products. We also offer a workforce development uh, arm to it. I wouldn't call it a temp agency because it's not that. But if you can kind of imagine that, where the temp agency for employers or for workforce, you know, they they know who the employers are and then they know who the uh, employ or the job seekers are, and you do that fine match, right? So that's part of it. It's matching employers with those folks that are looking for work, but also taking a deeper dive and being able to see what is needed in the region as far as do we need more welders? So then we'll set up some welding classes. 
We need some electricians. We'll set up some ele electrical classes. We need CDL drivers. We'll, we'll run some CDL driving courses. Workforce development comes in different ways. Mm. Um, technical assistance, being able to offer small technical assistance to individuals, whether it's understanding QuickBooks to their marketing plan, uh, et cetera. Um, we also uh, house uh, Vision 2025 at Jari as well, which is a really neat initiative, community project um, that started a few years ago. And, you know, we're, 2025 is right around the corner. What is that? What is Vision 2025? Vision 2025 is made up of volunteers within the community that are looking to make a difference. Broad-based, right? Now, more specifically, uh, we're looking at community, uh, community development. For example, there's the downtown uh, project, okay, where, or uh, I forget what it's called, the downtown something group, encatchment group, and I forget what the title is. Okay. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> Sorry, Vision 2025. <laughs> Love you guys, though. Yeah. But either way, so they, they have, for example, the downtown guys, okay, they, they have that specific group. Yeah. Um, and they're working to revitalize the downtown. One of the projects that of I'm Johnstown. Of downtown, Johnstown specific. Yeah, because Vision 2025 is for Johnstown and its surrounding as well. Mm. But this one specific, this project that I'm speaking of, because there's many through Vision 2025, by the way, throughout the county. It started out downtown. <laughs> there's many th Vision 2025 projects throughout the area now. Okay. Either way, this one right here is uh, to revitalize uh, downtown Johnstown. And one of those projects that's coming out of that is Gallery on Gazebo. So being able to bring an art center downtown uh, where it's combined with a tea shop. So the tea shop and the gallery right behind the gazebo going through Vision 2025 and the Community Foundation of the Alleghenies. Hmm. Um, so through cool. Jari, we offer many of the services that you should expect any economic development agency to offer. And economic development comes in many ways. It's not just, you know, talking to the big, fact, uh, big box factory companies. Hey, do you guys want to move here? No. Yeah. It's building the, the backbone of the in my opinion of america essentially it's the small businesses yeah putting the foundation in from the ground up absolutely it's the most important part absolutely yeah, bringing in big businesses is it's fine i mean at a certain point but you need people to build a business and stay in that business in that area Correct. that's really a big Correct. key that's what i love about downtown altoona here is the the keystone innovation zone if you know about yeah the, yeah KIZ. yeah KIZ for is, sure yeah. anybody who doesn't know you don't have to go into deep detail on that here but it, look it up KIZ is incredible, yeah. and it's keeping people starting businesses in the area because it's financially smart sure. to do that sure. through KIZ. Uh, and that's just a great strategy. I don't know when that all started, but it's a, a wonderful strategy to keep people where they're at and grow in their own spot. And that's what ama what's amazing about the internet. Going back to what we were talking about just a moment ago, but um, being able to network and put yourself out there and put your face out there to other people, right? Something else... And I'd like to get your opinion on this with the entrepreneurs that you work with. How many of them are willing to put themselves out there? Because if you start a vlog, start something online and start it, you know, if you're thinking about, I'm going to start this business in a year, I got six months, start making videos. You don't have to ever release them to anybody. You don't need to ever show anybody any of the videos if you don't want to. You can use it strictly as a learning tool and as a, a growing tool, but you can use podcasting, vlogging as a way to practice what you do, to practice what you're going to talk about, to become an expert in your field. And it's such a, it's free, right? As, as long as you have an internet connection and you bought a phone, yeah. the, the, the platforms are free. Mm -hmm. So why not use them? I mean, they're there. Mm -hmm. we, we look at these things like they're there ruining society. 
right? Social media is ruining society. Lots of people look at it in that way. Yeah, you, there's, you can they're, they're it, tools. They're tools. What you, you decide to do with them. They're neither is, good nor bad. Yeah, they're, just they're there. tools. They're, yeah. they're, they're there to help us do things or to not do things. Or to know? ruin things You're or build ru- things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's how you treat it, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Do you, do you see that happening with entrepreneurs? One of the things that I I've, I find is that sometimes it's... It, they want to run this business. They want to be the owner and they want to be in charge of it, but they don't want to put themselves out there and like jump out of their shell to, to broadcast it to everybody. And that's something I feel like would be extremely valuable to a lot of entrepreneurs to figure out how to do that, like the practical steps to actually practice that and make it happen. Sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. Again, you have to be the face of the company and not everybody's comfortable um, speaking in large crowds. Heck, even showing up today and being on this podcast, right? <laughs> they, some folks may not be comfortable with that. Most people aren't. Uh, it's a, it's the practice, and it's okay. It's, just, yeah, it's it totally is okay. okay. It really, really is. It's just where we go with it. Yeah. Right. And and what it is, and again, the timeline, right? How how quickly are you trying to do this? If you can understand the financing, and you can understand your product, and you can understand everything, are you willing to then put yourself out there mm-hmm. as well? And if you're not, then who on your team is? Who is, yeah. Right? And so that's the other thing that I would encourage other entrepreneurs to do is make sure that you have the right team. Mm-hmm. You really need to have a team together because you can't be the janitor and the CEO. At some point... You're going to be in the weeds every day. Yeah. You're never going to see the overall perspective. How do you suggest somebody builds a team? That's that's one of the hardest things, to find the right people. Okay. To build the team. So understanding your own skill sets and what you're good at is probably the first step. Mm-hmm. It starts in finding the right team is understanding what you're good at and what you're willing to do. From there, you can certainly find out now you have to have a come to Jesus moment, right? Again, like I'm not good at this. Yeah. And you have to be comfortable saying I'm not good at this. You instead of real like, with yourself. I can do it. Mm, no, you can't. <laughs> and you might be able to do it, but does it drain you when you're doing right, it? Right, right. So, so thing. you really need to be, again, that self-analyzation, this internal process, right? Yeah. I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. I want to spend time with this. I don't want to spend time with this at yeah. all. And being okay with that. That's okay. So how do you form the right team by looking at yourself? Well, when you start to see those weaknesses or those spots that you may not be so strong at or the gaps that you don't really care much of, Finding then some of those folks to fill those gaps for you yeah. is how you can start to build out your team. Um, with that being said, if you surround yourself around folks that are just like you, mm, mm, <laughs> you need to be able to have a, it's okay, I guess. It might work out. Surrounding yeah. yourself around different people. That One have, person may be like you, but the, yeah, the other one should be different. You really want to have a diverse team. I'm not yeah. talking about being tall or short. You know, or this or that. That's not what I'm talking about. You need to be able to have different thinkers. So when I worked in Congress, not once did I have a poli-sci intern. Why did I not have a political science intern ever serve the office? I don't want to hear everything that we're talking about already. (laughs) I really didn't. (laughs) You know, so I brought on folks that were marketing, that were part of IT, um, that were communications, uh, human resources, uh, many different fields that had nothing to do with politics. If I wanted that, we could, but I don't really want to engage in that. I need a team that's going to bring different things into the in, into the fold here so that we can deliver what it is that expected for us to deliver because I'm not good at everything. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm really, really not. You know, once somebody told me, Jose, you know, you, you, you're a jack of all trades and a master of some. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's a new spin for me. You know, <laughs> great. Okay, so I can at least the master of some and not none. That's, yeah, that's right. Good. A master yeah. of none, and, and and that that really resonates with me still because I like to tell that to the different entrepreneurs is that you can be a part of a lot of the different things within the company, but you only be the real master of some. You can't be everywhere and you can't do them all. Yeah, You can't. How do we then get you the right team? And part of the business plan helps you identify that. It all goes back to that. Mm-hmm. You know, And your business plan doesn't even have to be like, you know, 50 gazillion pages. It doesn't have to be that. It's what is in it. It's more important than the length. Yeah, it, you know. So going back to myths and facts, right? The uh, myth of, is a business plan needed? Mm, I think so. You know, uh, I would say that that would be a fact or a very close to, for sure, a strong narrative. How if you des- want to call it something else, how descriptive of a business plan? Like when you see one, because I honestly, I never, I never wrote out a real business plan. But I had a template. You're like, I had a napkin and a pen, <laughs> and I sat down. I wrote it in blood on my chest. <laughs> yeah, that's how I knew. <laughs> but like, what is Let what is see. it? <laughs> well, it washed off by now. But I forgot what it was. Um, but like, that, that's one of the things that I found because I was going to apply for a grant, and they wanted me to write a business plan, and it had to be like this long, like eight or ten pages. And I'm like, okay, where am I going to find the time? Number one. <laughs> That would, which I guess the bad mindset going in, like, well, I don't have the time to write my business plan out. I, I just know what it's going to be, um, which I feel like I've balanced it out well enough to, over the past year and a half where I have gone in the right direction, st- steadying that rocket ship going to the moon. Sure. Um, but when, yeah, right. you, when you're having people write a business plan, are you sitting sitting down with them, mapping that out? Because that's really hard. Like, where does it start? Where does it end? What's in the middle? That's tough. No, absolutely. Yeah. So myself and other folks that are part of the Startup Allegheny's ecosystem sit down with individuals. It just depends on whom it is that is within the portion of it. So whether it's the marketing folks or it's the business or it's the product development, whatever portion of the business plan it is, I myself sit with them or go through it through the whole thing from, hi, how are you? Nice to meet (laughs) you. Right. From paper notepad all the way out too. Um, But the, the folks within the ecosystem see them only for their section, mm-hmm. as it may be. Um, I myself as a coach, then I, I navigate those individuals through all the different steps that there is. Um, so, you know, page one, narrative. You're going to write that at the end, by the way. <laughs> you know, once you go through everything, this narrative of what you're doing is going to be so easy for you to write. Don't try to write your narrative at the beginning of it just because it's at the top of the document. That's not how it works, right? Yeah. You have a document that comes in 17 pages. Do you need to start at the very beginning? Or what are the things then that we can start to plug away and build different arms off of? So meeting with the individuals and seeing, okay, so I see that you can speak very well. How's your typing skills? You know, uh, Can you get all of this that you're telling me down on paper? I'm too busy. Okay, well, check this out. Here's a little secret recipe that Jose was able to do. Um, I started my master's program, and I was finding it difficult to 
find the mountain. I love snowboarding. Yeah. All right. And so I'm up in the mountain thinking of, uh, man, I got this assignment due. I really should be writing it out <laughs> right now. What am I doing up here on the lift, man? <sighs> you know what? I'm going to make a note. So I grabbed my phone on my notepad. Yeah. And I just dictated a, a note to myself. So that way when I got back home, I could go ahead and work on my assignment and write it out. So from there came the next idea. I'm like, well, what if I just speak my papers or write or speak my assignments? I was able to get through my master's degree using primarily my phone. That's a great idea. And just dictating. Now, so I learned how to write the way that I speak. Mm -hmm. They're not the same. They're, no, they're not. really not the same. Because you speak so much faster than you write. Right. However, though, I can if I'm looking at volume and I'm looking to develop a lot of context really quickly, that's exactly it. I'm going to speak everything out first, and then I'm going to go through and edit the yeah. different things. So I can get it's a, a good lot idea. of ideas on paper very, very quickly or in some sort of digital format without it actually taking up so much time. Mm -hmm. So gauging the time commitment that the entrepreneur has – like, hey, just what kind of phone do you have? When you're riding your car, yeah. Put your notes mm, on. Maybe and... not when you're in the car. Yeah, because you know, I need you to focus on this part. Well, you can just turn a... <laughs> but if uh, you're on the ski lift... I've if... done that many of times where I'm... Uh, I'll just... I'll turn my... Uh, whatever the sound... The audio recorder on the iPhone yeah. is. Whatever. <laughs> Can't yeah, think yeah, of yeah. Name it. But I'll just talk into it while I'm driving. So I'll just like, set it on my so console you and can, just talk. Rob, you can do it in anywhere. Essentially, yeah. anywhere that you, as long as you have your phone and you have that thought and it's going through your head, speak it, let it out, you know, and put it and be, by doing that, you're digitizing it. So then you can just copy and paste it and then throw it on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Document it before you forget it because you're never going to remember it unless you have a steel trap memory. You're I, not. You, Between your ATM drift. pin code, you know, yeah. did you bring your keys? Did you bring your wallet? You know, do you got to go pick up your kids? Yeah. I need to go get gas. I got to. Between all this, you, you're it's not. gone. Everything's jumbled in there. So being able to document your thoughts is important part of the business plan, right? Yeah. Um, or if somebody, for example, already started writing it out in their in their notebook and they want to get it onto, you know, a working document, dictate it, dictate it, and email it to yourself that way. Mm -hmm. It's finding the way to do things. So sometimes, like I would be called lazy growing up, but I was just really trying to find the most effective way. <laughs> It's the best way <laughs> to, to do it. To, to do things? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, you know, right. so that I can get back to doing the things that I love. Watching TV, snowboarding. Snowboarding, right? <laughs> playing soccer, hanging out with friends, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and just uh, enjoying life. And part, of the, and part of the entrepreneur spirit is allowing for these guys and gals to understand, yeah, you're going to be busy and you're going to be doing all these different things, but you need to take some time off too. Yeah. I do need for you to separate. I do need for you to, Must. to, you have to, you know, you, you have to spend time with yourself. You have to spend time with your family, you know, and, and hopefully, you, you know, you're practicing spirituality mm -hmm. somehow, some, you know, that higher being, I'm definitely part of that, you know, culture, you know, the spirituality is very important yeah. overall, you know, it's helpful. How about that? Yeah. Very, very helpful. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. When you come to the personal development phase and the spirituality phase, like those are essential absolutely to just having just having your mind be okay mm -hmm. so that you can understand why i should not work from 8 a.m to 8 p.m you know there's a, there's no reason for that i need to have some balance in my life 
life's all to. about balance. You have to, Rob. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You know. So I, yesterday I was uh, teaching over at uh, Zion, and one of the things that they were through the program it says multitasking is not appropriate at the job site type of thing. You know, make sure that you're having contact when you speak and things like that. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if this is true, guys. What they're telling. <laughs> In some jobs, you're required. You're expected to multitask. I know, and I don't like. You're expected that to be working the email, the text, while somebody else is talking to you over here, and you're flipping through. And then on the second phone, two phones, right? Yeah. You're, you're you're doing the calendar invite, and you're doing this, and but you have to turn it off at some yeah. point. You have to totally disconnect, and that's why a, a year and a half ago I left working in Congress. I got I totally disconnected because you had for, so for much. everything from everything for 48 hours, completely disconnected in a rural mountain in Mexico. Right. Wow. You know, and, and so some amazing things happen whenever you disconnect, you really can get to the core of yourself. What are you doing and why mm-hmm. are you doing that? And hopefully that'll carry over to your business mm-hmm. uh, as well. Well, I was just saying before we started the float tank that I'm going to, the sensory deprivation tank, same example. I mean, once a week I can go in and everything shuts off Yeah. and my brain kind of panics because it's so (laughs) used to having so much going on. It's like, whoa, there's nothing here to do or think about or feel or touch. It's like, doesn't know what to do. So what happens afterwards? What happens after? How do you reconnect from disconnecting? You feel- In a healthy pace? Like- yeah, How does that work? well, I've only gone to today will be my third time, but it's it, I feel uh, at least last week extremely calm. Okay. Also, kind of uh, what what's the right? I, I was just I was not balanced, like literal balance. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're, wobbly. Your, your gate, your gate. Yeah, yeah like okay. this, that that was kind of wobbly, but I feel very recharged and rested. But I could also go home and go to sleep okay. in a good way. They're not like right. I'm not like I'm totally physically and mentally exhausted it's like my brain is so calm that it's like ah oh, that was nice it's an arresting state it wants more of it yeah it like wants more of that resting it's like man i never get that i get so that if, when you're sleeping so if somebody's but... like trying to cut you off immediately after you get out of there you're like go right ahead <laughs> please <laughs> i might please. yeah, yeah let me extend it for you i should set up scenarios where somebody's going to agitate me right afterwards <laughs> to see how i react yeah. don't tell them when they're going to do it but like just surprise me <laughs> And see how what I do. <laughs> that might be a little fun. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, that's so. I mean, you're like shutting off for forty eight hours. Like it, we don't ever do that. And even when, even when people say they're relaxing, they're usually doing something that is involving something. Like it's easy watching TV. Like you're having to to watch it or comprehend what somebody's saying, or you're listening to music or whatever. Like those aren't really. I mean, they they are a form of relaxation, but they're not true relaxation. Yeah. Where you're shutting it off, no, especially. You- Get rid of a screen. If you can get rid of screens for a couple of hours at least, yeah. that's really important. Yoga, meditation, yeah. you know, scriptures. There's a lot of different ways that yeah. you can find your core in many different ways, but it's important. you know. And, and I try to allow for entrepreneurs to understand that um, you need to disconnect and you need to find some alone time. But I'm a mom of four. I'm a dad of this. You know, yeah. uh, I'm this. I understand. I get it. It can be hard to shut it I off. I get it. I get it. But the sooner you learn to shut it off, the sooner you'll understand. I wish I was. I would have done that long time ago. Yeah, and the more you do it, your brain is like, kind of yearning for you to do it more. 
it's like man i need that and you're fresh thinking and you you actually make better choices you yeah. you do a lot of you act differently you you can't even become more kinder, you know, in many different, you're not, it's not that you're not kind, you know, you're, you're a very kind man, Rob. But, <laughs> disclosure, right? Either way. Point is. You can always be more kind. You can always be more kind. Uh, yeah. yeah you, you're more patient. You, you don't make hasty decisions, you know, when you can slow things down. Mm-hmm. So, perfect example, life uh, lesson that I tell kids as I'm coaching them. Guys, you know, in soccer, the plays are moving really fast. In the pros or at the level that you should be at, the ball's moving really, really fast. There's a lot of different players moving. Slow it down. In your mind, you slow things down. So what I like to do before games is actually have two minutes of quiet time. Just quiet. Straight meditation. And and I, and I, and I help the individual player get to that moment where what am I going to do for myself today mm-hmm. on the field? How am I going to stay safe? How am I going to be competitive when I then compete with everybody else? And how am I, how and what am I going to do to be a teammate? So not only am I going to deliver for myself, but how am I going to deliver for my team? And, and kind of walk through these exercises and as I'm speaking to them prior to the two-minute quiet time afterwards, you should see their emotion or the way that they come out of that. It's like a completely different trance. Sometimes it ends up giving us a win at the very end. Sometimes it doesn't. But they don't take it as hard. And so then they show up the next day to practice and they work just as hard the next day as they did when they lost or when they won. It's that mental stability, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to tell my players, my soccer players that, and the same thing that I try to tell the entrepreneurs that I work with, you have to take those few minutes for yourself every day. What am I doing for myself? Me, myself, yeah. taking care of me so that I can go do all of that. Yeah. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, you won't be able to do all of that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have, if you say you don't have that 10 minutes I mean, you're lying to yourself. Everybody has 10 minutes. You might not have an hour. Mm-hmm. You might not have 30 minutes, but you have at least 10 minutes. Think about your lunch break. Think about, I mean, I going to the bathroom at work. Just go sit in the bathroom for 10 minutes. Nobody bothers you there. Yeah. It's not like they're going to come rapping on the door. What are you doing? Get out here and work. You know, Text you, them. I'm busy. <laughs> right. You have a chance. There's always a chance yeah. to disconnect. You just have to recognize the importance of that chance to disconnect. And Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Many times I find my entrepreneurs get the most stress is when it comes to finances. So that's when we have the, that kind of conversation, you know, is yeah. how, how am I going to fund this, Jose? How am I going to pay for this? How, do I get loans? Do I get grants? What do I do? Um, so maybe we'll talk about that myth and fact, you know, do you need your own money to start a business? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Myth or fact? Well, obviously it's a myth. I think the more money you do have, the better off it can be. Agreed. But- Absolutely. You can always agree. borrow some money. <laughs> right. For right, sure. Right. So what, what, what's the percentage that you see like between, between having your own funds or having to go and borrow? Is, is it more of the borrowing or what do you usually mm, notice? Rob, I don't know if I could answer that. Like metrics wise, you know, like 30%, 40%, things like that. I see a bundle of it. Okay. I, I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, folks or different entrepreneurs secure financing in different ways. Mm-hmm. Some have the outstanding credit. Some have, you know, the, they're just like, there's companies that are asking them, can I loan you money, basically? 
you know, because you're very credit worthy. Yeah. Um, and you have a ha half decent plan. You have a half decent idea, things like that. Um, and then you have those other folks that have a, some spottiness in their financing in the background. You have maybe some a couple of charge offs here, maybe a bankruptcy 10, 15 years ago, seven, eight years ago. Um, and that's where it's like, okay, so help me understand what happened in that bankruptcy. Well, you know, I got into a vehicle accident and medical bills piled up. I lost my job. Okay, well, no, we, 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 what else? Tell me a little bit more, right? It wasn't that you were legitimately irresponsible with the money. You know, you, it was a situation that allowed for this financial downfall to happen. Mm -hmm. It's explainable. So then we look at the character of the loan itself. What is it that you're doing? And based on the idea that you're doing, can you repay me? Mm -hmm. So we look at that more as character lending than the traditional uh, bank loan, for example, right? The guy or gal that has that perfect credit score. So the funding can come in many different ways. Or on a number of occasions, you can have an economic development agency like JARI or Economic Development Council out of Somerset or ABD, ABCD Corp here in Altoona, whichever one it may be. Mm -hmm. All right. They can team up with banks and be able to fund the project. So not one agency or not one entity is taking all the risk behind it. It's just then you start to get in between the agencies. Well, who's in first position? Who's in second position? If it defaults, can I get my money back first or am I in second position? Wait right. a minute. <laughs> so there's some internal negotiation that happens even between the agencies, you know, taking first or second position and who's going to take the biggest risk for this entrepreneur. Yeah. Entrepreneurs don't see that happening in the you know, in, in their space. They're like, oh, they just need to make a decision. Mm, well, what happens if you don't repay? Yeah, they're you're dealing with. Their I can't money lend here. money back out. Right, <laughs> that's the, that's how loans work, yeah. and based off of deposits, you know, the, t traditionally in the bank, in other economic development agencies, and things of like that. And if you default, how am I supposed to loan money back out? <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's more, an obvious issue. It's more than just that, you know. So uh, when I, whenever I'm talking to entrepreneurs, it's like, all right, so what are we looking for in financing? You know, here's a myth fact somewhere around in there can i get a grant to open up this business everybody wants a grant well sure everybody, everybody wants yeah. a grant to pay it back it's okay. given to me it's beautiful all right so how can i how can i put it um now you got to file for that grant you got to prove you're worthy of the grant yeah <laughs> there's a lot of steps you, involved yeah, you got to compete you got to compete for it right yeah and if you're a for-profit company why am i going to give it to you for start for starters, mm -hmm. for starters, we'll go there. Um, when you receive grants, some folks need to understand that that federal or state agency then becomes vested or interested in that company that is the recipient of that grant. They have an interest in it. Interest meaning like um, you know they have a say mm -hmm. in it. Okay. Do you think that the federal government wants anything to do with the coffee shop down the street? <laughs> At some level, maybe through the Small Business Administration, th through that type of loan, right? But are they going to give it for free? Why? What part of it? What, what, what's the economic development behind it? So you really need to understand your business if you're going to be chasing grants. Yeah. There, are, there are grants out there, yeah. sure. But you need to understand what you're doing and why should this agency take an interest in what you're doing? Yeah, not just that you're making money, but how are you helping the community? 
right? Helping how are you helping community. general growth all over? Yes, sir. The win wins. Like how many wins do you have? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, so whenever people talk about grants, yeah, they're there. Far and few in between for the for profits. You need to for sure though understand whether you're in the for profit or nonprofit, what your business is and how you're impacting lives. Mm -hmm. Period. You know, and that can vary in many different ways. How yeah. you impact people's lives. Um, and then we have the other, you know, the, the loans and then we have the investments, uh, the the angel. You know, the angel investors. There's is there a rich uncle out there that maybe want to do this? Right. Well, you need to understand what happens when someone gives you money. They expect something in return. They're gonna send their henchmen coming for you if you don't pay them back. <laughs> <laughs> possibly. Possibly, right? Depending on who you're borrowing uh, yeah, it from, I guess. Yeah, it depends on who you're borrowing. Uh, you you wanna be able to understand whom it is that is investing in you, what it is that you're trading. Is it convertible debt? Is it a loan? Is it an ownership into a part of the company? Mm -hmm. When it comes to angel investors, you know, or those folks that are investing outside of loans and grants, you need to understand what you're giving up. You're giving up potential revenue in the future. What is the agreement overall? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you definitely want to understand again the financing behind that. And that can be the most stressful, which is kind of where we picked up with this, you know, why we need to unplug and relax. The financing portion can be very, very difficult for a young entrepreneur to understand and will be completely over their head. Similarly to what we talked about, I'm not expecting you to become the CPA, Rob. I'm not. I'm really, yeah. really not. You know, I, but running the pro forma and understanding those financial statements, right? The cash flow analysis, the income statement, et cetera, the balance sheet. Mm -hmm. What does that really all mean? How, what does it really all translate to be able to then go for financing? Well, I know that I'm going to have a shortfall in six months from now. So I'm going to do three months out. I'm going to start to look to see what it is that I can do to get this loan or to get an investor, whatever it may be. That magic ball again, you know, why the pro forma comes into play and can relieve some of those crazy moments, those that you're very coming very frustrated. Mm -hmm. So the combination between unplugging and having a business plan or having an understanding of your pro forma, it's the multidisciplinary approach to entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, you know, that can really help you uh, take off. And it's the piece that most people don't want to do because it's the most, it's, it's unsexy, right? It's like, ah, oh, this is the legwork this is the behind right. the scenes stuff that nobody really ever sees but it's going to be the most crucial part to holding it all together whenever those big moments come that you're stressed or in a pinch or whatever that might be like that's the those are the catalyst moments where you could either hold it together keep the ship afloat or it could fall apart yeah and you the, these these this business plans i i've helped write them out for the small company that is doing uh two or three uh, accounts only for bookkeeping. That's all that they're servicing the whole month, uh, all the way up to you know a much bigger company. It's applicable in every single type of business. Yeah, it, it gives you that tool, that magic ball. You know, can I tell the future? What's in my future? Yeah, and you become intimately engaged and involved with it. So yeah, man, I, I would certainly do that. What would be some other fun myths or facts? How old do you have to be to okay. be an entrepreneur? Okay, that's good. How old do you how old do you have to be? Well, there's ten year olds who are entrepreneurs, you know. I think the sooner the easier, I would think, because you're. What I found, I jumped ship at 33, and 
when you're when you've been doing something for a long time and you've been in the regular working class system for a long time, your brain just works differently. So it's hard to really kick yourself out of that. So it's a lot of pain. You got to put yeah. yourself through a lot of pain to get yourself out. So I'd say the younger, the better. Well, let me retort that. Right. Okay. Let me bring it right back at yeah. you. Without all the years of experience that you had within the industry, could you do what you're doing? Right. Uh, well, the digital marketing, maybe. See, so it's a in... the broadcasting and yeah. stuff, maybe not. But I mean, there's kids out there who are 15 years old who have two million YouTube followers. You know, like mm -hmm. they're entrepreneurs without even knowing what the word means. Correct. They're yeah, just no, doing I, it, or having a business plan, right? or a business Which plan, or whatever. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. they've, 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 well, their parents probably got them started. I just had a kid in here. Do you know Jake Scalotto? Yeah. The Millennial Ad yeah, Network like, yeah, yeah. started it at 15 with three of his buddies. How about it? And now it's like this incredibly, if you guys want to listen, it's back on the Facebook uh, a few episodes ago, uh, a few posts ago. But he was just kind of, and I was like, where does, where does this come from for you, man? Yeah. Like, how can you be 15 and have that mindset? And he said, well, my dad was an entrepreneur. And I was like, oh, well, that. It, if you have somebody in your life, that usually is huge big piece of that so typically who do we what do we call that person if we're not calling a mom or dad a mentor yes sir yeah. some yes, sort of mentor sir yeah so for sure if there are any of the successful entrepreneurs that are out there right now here's a plug for my local entrepreneurs right that are out there right now that want to be able to mentor some younger entrepreneurs by all means let me know let rob know <laughs> let us know that mentorship is so important it really is yeah so important and the cool thing now is, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I was going to say, ahead, ahead, the cool thing now is you can jump online and have mentors that you never met. Yes. I mean, you can read books, obviously. I, I'm a big fan of Ty Lopez. He's helped me. That's one of the reasons I jumped was because I went through a social media marketing agency. And that got me the, the I already had some knowledge, but it got me more knowledge and more concrete. Like I was solidified. Wow, I can do this. So through him, he's never been like my mentor that like we never sat down and talked one-on-one -on -one, but through his programs and watching him he's introduced me to so many other great books and so many other great people they've all become mentors so you don't have to think of that as like especially now it's so like advisors like an advisory type of yeah just you're, you're watching videos on people yeah. like tony robbins is another one like i i consider him a mentor never met him Okay. But he's given me so much great information. But it's sure. always best to have one in person, right? Sure, that's, no, a, that's always the most powerful. Absolutely, yeah. I'm actually going to get to meet somebody down uh, in November second, I think, coming up in November. Uh, Mac Anderson uh, okay. from Success Stories. Uh, do you remember those posters that came out that had like the row team? It says success. Is yes. This. Yeah. Teamwork is this, and teamwork is that. That guy. Okay. That guy. That very same guy. You know. Um, Did he only just make posters, or does he have a whole? Oh thing? man, there's a whole <laughs> Mac Anderson that does so many different things. Oh, absolutely. Which it's just kind of interesting. In the we're talking about networking and how that's important. You go from one person, they introduce you to then to the next person, etc. So I was out at this florist convention over in Palm Springs, and uh, I saw this guy, and I was like, Hey, how are you? I just I have this real stupid luck. I really do. Of just meeting people by just saying hi. Imagine that. That's why I'm a firm believer of That's that, so right? strange. Just yeah. saying hi to somebody. I and know, you, and you right? Meet them. <laughs> Seriously. How does yeah. that, I thought you had to text them first or find them on YouTube or Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn. You got to you know, hit them on right. the Instagram as well. DM me. You know, type of thing. No, you got to no. slow grind that <laughs> introduction. Yeah. No, so I, literally. So I'm like, hey, how are you? My name's Jose. And so we started chatting, whatever. And he says, you know what? I really think that you should meet 
this individual by the name of Mac. And I'm like, okay, well, what's going on with him? And so he explains to me, you know, he's a successful entrepreneur and some of the projects he's worked on, et cetera. He's like, I really think though that you should meet him for one of his upcoming things. He recently purchased the rights of The Dash. Um, the Dash is a poem. I can't remember. I think it's Laura Ellis, the yeah, original no, author, no. I believe. Uh, it's read at a lot of funerals. You know, it, The Dash is... You know, you have your birth year and you have your end year, your deceased date, and the dash is what happened, everything in between, yeah. right? So Mac recently purchased the rights to that. Um, and so he's trying to do many different things with it. And when I, I was in Palm Springs with the, uh, at the flower convention, because I went with the entrepreneur with eternal remembrance, being able to figure out who the strong retailers are going to be who are going to sell the products, things through customer discovery. You find out all these different things. Came across this guy. He says, you know what? You need to talk to Mac. He's all about the dash. And what you're telling this story that you're trying to tell through ER, through eternal remembrance and through the app is the dash. Yeah. You guys really need to link up. So that's the upcoming meeting that, that that's coming up for this entrepreneur. Very setting cool. It up. Yeah, man. So it's, it's, it's interesting. The networking that happens, but through mentorships and through advisors. And one of the big conversations that we've had recently within this group is mentorships. You know, I'm constantly looking for those individuals. Um, I recently found one, um, whether he wants to admit it or not, Bob Dornich, I just blasted you. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's over at Penn State, actually. He works for Ben Franklin uh, Technologies. Okay. Um, Bob is one of those entrepreneurs that has been around for a while. And he lets you understand very quickly <laughs> on what it is that he sees right or wrong or where you should try to be. But more importantly, as a mentor, and and like Jerry Hudson as well, somebody else that's, uh, that I've learned uh, a lot of information from, is how to ask questions. Good mentors ask questions. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily tell you. Yeah. They ask you a lot of different questions, but it's the framework of the way that they're asking you the questions that lets you figure it out yeah they're walking you through it's a setup it's all a setup on the amount of questions sometimes right you know? you're like i knew you were gonna get there but thanks thanks for making me think about it instead of telling you the information Correct. if you have to ask somebody then it's like you learned it yourself without Correct. them but they're really telling you and asking these questions yeah. you know? and, and the way that it's all set up yeah you know? so it, mentorship is so important when it comes to entrepreneurship is finding those folks part of your team should be able to find a mentor mm -hmm. all along the lines. And more than likely, they're going to tell you, you need to unplug. You need to run your financials. You need to do all these different things because they've already done that. Yeah. They've uh, already been there. Mentor that I work with, he's been on the podcast a couple of times, Ray Overdorf. I don't know if you know who Ray I is. I don't. I don't. But no. Ray, half the time when we start talking about business, it all goes back to mental. It all goes back to the mind games and the psychological part of it. And it's it's so funny how they, they tie in together so easily. Yeah. Like, you can't run this thing without having this thing working well. It just doesn't work. If your brain's not working well, the business is not going to run well. Absolutely. It's just so Is that a myth or fact? Do you want to take? Do you want to take that? I one? mean, I think that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. I mean, you can. You I don't tell, know. You yeah, tell me. I don't know. For me, it's definitely a no, fact. Because I'm on board with you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's a tough one because I mean, yeah. I guess in some situations. Well, even a even a hive mind, even if it's collective knowledge, you still need the brains to be working properly yeah. to make the business runs. I feel like that would be a fact. What's a myth? What is what is another myth that you would throw out there? Like one of the big ones. Oh, boy. something that 
people overlook a lot. The overlook the the easy stuff, right? Um, yeah, it's usually the most obvious cliche things are the ones we tend to overlook. Um, I don't know, Rob. I know, I'm trying to think I, I of one know. as I ask the question. I put I, you on yeah. the spot and I apologize. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of you know what would be some pretty easy one. Um, a lot of myths in marketing. How about that? I'll, I'll just kind of throw that one out there. Um, that there's only one way to do things, mm-hmm. you know, and this is what's been done, and this is what success and things like that. Mm, now, in marketing, your imagination is your limitation, mm-hmm. from my perspective. You know, it, it's how you do things and how you navigate through things, um, or Instagram, for example, understand and how you do things and understanding your platforms. And, and what are they doing and, and geeking out and researching like so how does Facebook bump me to the top which is different than how does Instagram bump me to the top of their wall yeah you know am I using all the different tools that they're asking me to use how is it that I'm following what they're the magical recipe to keep me on the top right besides having the most likes and the most followers how do you do that um, so in marketing there's a lot of myths in there you need a large budget or you need to have full production of this and that. Mm, no, you can find out a lot of different things to your customer discovery, where and how you're going to target your customers. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to customer discovery, yeah. right? One of the first things, in my opinion, that should be done in, is in this very inexpensive. Before you start dropping all sorts of coin, you can go on uh, online SurveyMonkey, for example. You can get an annual subscription through there. I don't remember what the price is right now. Maybe 35 50 bucks. Uh, for the year, maybe it's pretty inexpensive. I, I really don't remember, Rob, what the price is, but yeah, it's very it's pretty cheap. I don't know either, but I know um, it's not very expensive. But you can run all sorts of customer discovery surveys there, and then you can uh, get your analytics behind it uh, so that you can understand better how it is that you're going to target those people, mm-hmm. right? Because either you, in your discovery you were validated, yep, I'm on to something, or disproved. Uh, wait a minute, you're telling me this isn't going to work? Mm hmm. Wait a minute, maybe I asked the wrong people. So then you ask your friends and family, right? <laughs> so that you can feel better about oh, it. Oh, I felt so Wait good. They all agree with me. Yeah. That was wonderful. Okay, we're back on board. <laughs> we can open this up now. <laughs> one thing I will say, one truth with marketing, and you can dispel this if you want to, sure. I would say value. You have to be able to offer value. If you're doing whatever kind of marketing you're doing, if it doesn't have some sort of value attached to it, like you're giving the person that is receiving the marketing if you're giving them some kind of value to their life or to their business or for some reason to purchase from you, that's always going to help you move forward. Sure. So I always put that first. So what's the value? What ma- Do you ever read Dan Kennedy, who's like a classic marketing guru? Like so, yeah, He talks about massive value all so the time. So let, let's use Instagram, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. What, so how, how do you get more followers? Well, when you are all over the place, right, and you're posting a, a meme of this, and then you're posting your dog, and then you're posting, everybody likes puppies though, so maybe puppies isn't that bad. You know? There's some puppy haters out yeah, there. Yeah, there sure. there might be some puppy haters, but most puppy <laughs> pictures like, do well. I don't know. Maybe your dog's puppy, ugly. Better <laughs> yeah. be a cute puppy then, right? <laughs> so either way, if you're posting different things all over the place, it's like, okay, well, what are you? Yeah. You know, what what can I? If I follow you, what am I going to get? by following you. What's the point? What's yeah. the point of this, right? But when you narrow it down, for example, you know, and you're you're the inspirational, you're the healthy, mm-hmm. and you're the nutritional, and you're the yogi, for example, right? You, you've narrowed it down to four things. Yeah. And so keeping your posts within those four things, those four criteria, does it match 
one of those four things. Is it nutritional? Okay, then I'll post it. Is uh, taking a picture of my leftovers, you know, because they didn't reheat correctly. Is that nutritional or is that inspirational or motivational? Yeah. I don't think I'm going to post that one. So understanding what the value is of what it is that you're posting, for example, on social media and how others will then find it that they they can use that. Yeah. Are you telling a story? Are you? What is it that you're doing exactly with the value proposition? Yeah. Right? What What is it that you're doing with that? And I have that honestly on on my board up here behind us. Like I have my week, I, I kind of mapped out. I I, okay. I I diverge from everyone. Where's in a while. Where's Jose in there? That's Jose, what I want. Where's uh, Jose in there? <laughs> up there on the content. So yeah. like once a week, post something with my family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then I'll do something podcast clip or video audio. So that would okay. be where you would fall into place. So on video audio, uh, your video audio, video hi video audio, uh, social media videos, so some sort of okay. social media value tip, and then some sort of book review, something I've been reading, and and put that out there. Uh, give away something at least once a week. I would suggest anybody who, if you can give away something, give something away. Just give away. Can I interrupt you real quick on that one? Just give away or make them follow like. Follow me, like yeah. Me, well, it has to be a call to action to do it. Call yes. to action. Must be a call there to action. There you go. Yeah. So for those folks that are looking, those young entrepreneurs, learn call to action. Yes. Because it is an effective marketing tool. Everything has to have some sort of engagement behind it. Yeah. Always ask for engagement. Yeah. Whether you get it or not is not the issue. People beat themselves up over nobody commented on my post when I asked a question. That's fine. Just ask the question. The more you yeah. ask the questions, the more answers you're going to get. It'll eventually happen. So right. I'd say that, yeah, you, you have to. Back to your board. Back to oh, the board. Well, Back to the board. Right. <laughs> families, quotes, inspirational kind of yeah. stuff. So really just, and I have a basis, like seven things that I, I usually post about. And sometimes I'll diverge from that throughout the week if I, something pops up and I throw another piece of content out there. But yeah, you're right. If you have that template, I, I suggest always make a weekly or monthly plan uh, when it comes to advertising or marketing, especially for social media, because you can post every day if you want to. But you need some sort of roadmap so you, that you're not just posting something random. Like, I don't post food. So I wouldn't post, unless my wife made an amazing meal, which she does, but I usually don't ever post any What are you food. saying about those meals then by not posting? <laughs> <laughs> She's hopefully not watching or listening to this right now. Food is great. No, she makes fantastic, amazing food. So, But I usually, I'm just yeah. not that that social media person. So I don't what would post you call pictures that? It, of my food. So what would you call that? A content calendar? Yeah. Content okay. calendar. Yeah, there you go. That's a pretty easy term to remember, right? Yeah. And the content calendar, you said a really nice word in there. Roadmap. It that would be the word I would use. It, it, gives you, it gives you that roadmap. It really, really does, Rob. It, it yeah. allows for you to stay within your path. Yeah. Or what it is that you're doing, right? It helps you continue the mission of whatever it is that you're doing. It's a product or service, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But yes, for sure, the Super content important. calendar is important. Um, for small business, specifically for small business. You want to be able to let people know what it is that you're doing, mm-hmm. how you're doing. And have some sort of consistency to it so they're not Correct. jumping on there and being like, who is this scatterbrain maniac? They have some sort of method to their madness. Oh, I can see that they do these things on a regular basis. Yeah, so this is who they are. So two things happen with that, right? So the good and the bad behind that, in my opinion, would be the out of sight, out of mind when you're not constantly posting type mm-hmm. of thing or you you don't have a good content calendar and you're all over the place, one, eh, what are you doing? You're all over the place. But then also if you're not uh, doing them at specific dates or in specific times, 
you become forgotten, so you're out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. However, though, when you do post and you're effective in your content calendar, you can start to train your viewers to look for the schedule. You know you'll find the schedule between 8 and 9.30. That's Absolutely. What, that's what Rob does. He yeah. always posts this, or Rob always does this. Some construction going on in here for some reason. By do the I need way, my too. hard hat? I don't know. Do I need to, you know. I have goggles I'll, ready. I'm going to start to get ready. I'm, I'm ready to go with this, <laughs> man, for sure. For sure. Um, but I guess back on that is the content calendar helps your viewers, your followers, the people that are on going through your social media, understand again who you are, but you get them accustomed to certain yeah. things. You know, they, they know that on Thursdays you can find the giveaway. You're not going to post it on Monday or people, you, you train you have your to. audience yes. to do that. And the more you train them, the better off that you can get to the engagement piece because mm -hmm. then you can really start to see like, okay, do you run analytics at all in your, in your background for, Oh, for social media? For oh social yeah, media? for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, there are, um, different, uh, analytic tools out there. One of them, I, we seem to, I seem to be talking about IG a lot today, Instagram, right? You can get an Instagram cleaner, for example, right? Uh, the Instagram cleaner is going to allow you to see who your ghost followers are, Ghost followers, they haven't liked or commented on. But they're you, looking at your stuff. But they look and they creep in their troll and for whatever reason, right? Maybe they just clicked on you to follow once because they liked your picture and that's it. Yeah. It can, doesn't have to be all weird. But essentially, an IG cleaner allows for you to see the analytics behind it. Who's ghosting? Who's liking? Who's not? When they're on? Uh, what time they're on the most? There's a new one that just came out. Um, it, it lets you see how active they are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't tell you how many times... Or it doesn't tell you who they've liked, but it tells you how many times they've liked within the last hour and things like that. Yeah. So then you can do some very specific target marketing as well. Um, how to which folks to unfollow as well based on their lack of activity. So running analytics on your social media is important. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say that that's kind of leaning towards the fact side. It's myth. Right now, we're still in that transition stage. The digital media, yeah, it's still know. it's iffy, but really, uh, it's the we most. Should. It's the most. If if any form of advertising had more facts than myths to it, social media has facts. Yeah, the analytics, the breakdown. You can actively yes, see all that. You can't trust uh, radio. I mean, it's it's there. It works. It can work for some businesses, but it's not. 100% factual. TV, same way. It's there. It's a broad base. It's blasted to many people, but it's not 100% accurate. Well, then you're leaving digital footprints. Yes. When, when you're it's doing there. social media. Yeah. It's, it's there. Like, you can't deny it. I mean, you could, I guess, falsify the records, but I don't think anybody's, your, your Facebook or your Instagram algorithms and your statistics are not being manipulated. I mean, they might be bumped up a little bit to make it look like a little better than it is. You spend Are you buying more, likes? You spend is that a more ad money? Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Well, some behind that, yeah. So some folks actually say like, you know what, I'm going to buy some likes and I'm going to buy some followers. You can do that. It's okay to do that. I would just pay for ads. But, put, but it's putting not that out very there organic. Some... It's not. And what, you're not getting the people you like, want. That's the point behind that. It Rob. looks. It, it's, that's it's, exact point. It makes you feel better. Right. I have more followers. I feel better. But is that good for your business? No, it doesn't. No, it's a yeah. feel-good moment. It's a waste of money. Thank you. Now, so if you're paying to boost your ads, and you're paying to get your ads to more people, and you're targeting that, now that is a good expenditure yes, of money. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So where and how, right, you spend your marketing budget, I think is appropriate to you know say, like, make sure that you understand yeah. and that you feel comfortable what it is that you're spending your money on. Uh, some things are helpful. 
for the business or are they helpful for you to feel good <laughs> about what you're doing, right? Yeah. Self-realization time. Yeah. Um, so what would be some other major myths? I don't know. Or what other areas there may be? Mm. Uh, boy, I, 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 you know, there's, there's so many things that are dicey when it comes to being an entrepreneur that I think some people would label them as a truth and they might just completely be a myth. Uh, workplace, how you, how you structure your day. You know, I find mm. day structure to be what's your morning routine like? Those mm -hmm. things I find are extremely yeah. important, at least for me. I, yeah. My morning routine is extremely important. And I find that some people totally disband morning routines. They get up and they just do whatever in the morning. I have a plan. Like I wake up, I have to do these certain things in this certain order or my day just doesn't feel right. I don't feel right. Mm -hmm. I don't feel the same. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, that's a big one. Yeah, so with, with that, I think it's important. So fact, I would say, not myth, fact keeping track of your calendar mm -hmm. outside of your content calendar, where you're going to post and how do you foretell the future, right? Wh which am I going to post? We're not talking about, I'm not talking about that kind of calendar right now. Yeah. Is having a good calendar as an entrepreneur, where you're supposed to be and things of that nature, making sure that you're not just, if you're using a piece of paper, great, fine, but make sure you always have that one on you, mm -hmm. but calendaring yourself out and making sure that you're structured in that way throughout your work day is going to be very, very helpful. It's, yeah. it's going to allow for you to do the things that you need to do. Yeah. Um, when you just kind of like, I think I have this. I should be here. I think I might be there. There's no organization <laughs> behind that, which you need to be. You have to be, yeah. And also, it's you have to. You also have to. And I've realized this. You have to schedule in the family time. You've got to schedule in those things. It's like, yeah. oh, that's of course, of course, I'll have family time. Of course, that'll happen. But when you don't schedule it in, then it doesn't happen all the time and then you're okay. putting that thing aside for the business and that's when things get messy and that's when you can really screw up really what, what's going to hold it all together what's going to hold the business together what's going to hold your life together is how you spend your day or if you're married or if you have a girlfriend if you have kids if you have family and and you're not giving them the right amount of time and attention that's like your foundation if the if the home life falls apart right. the business is probably going to fall apart too yeah yeah or yeah, you're going to fall apart and therefore you won't be able to run it as effectively. And how many times has that happened? That the person who's running it is, uh, you know, focused on the business and that's it. It's all business. And that's a major problem. That's Absolutely. A huge yeah. piece of it. Yeah. You, you need to be able to have other outside of the business idea. You know, not everybody's married. Not everybody have kids and things like that. Well, you know, I live alone. I can do it. Hmm. You really should separate. You know, again, <laughs> again, you really should, you know. Yeah. It, 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 resetting and rebooting every day, you know, or every so often. It, it's important. But going back to the organizational piece, Rob, you need to be able to run a, a good calendar. You know, um, without one, you're going to be all over the place and you're going to miss events. You're going to miss target deadlines and things like that. Mm -hmm. All those things that you may have left your previous employer for, that corporate structure, why do I have to have all of this? You may want benefit from some of that, you know, being an entrepreneur and duplicating some of that. Yeah. So that's where sometimes I'm like, you know what, guys? Like, you should have some industry experience. You should have some sort of working experience, working for somebody else at first. But then in other occasions, I'm like, nah, <laughs> you really don't, you know, because like the YouTube sensations and things like that, you know, that yeah. you can take off in many different ways. It's just 
do you understand what you're doing? I guess it depends on the industry you're in and mm-hmm. what you're building. It would depend on if you should be in it beforehand or you can jump at 11 or whatever. Sure, no, absolutely. Hey, we're recording right now. Sorry. Be out in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't know. There's there's definitely different pieces of that puzzle. And I think that the most important part is get a mentor. Yeah, Find yeah. somebody who's already gone through it and then they maybe get a couple different ones and see how they've done it and then structure your thing to that thing. Yeah. Find find yourself a coach, you know, find yourself somebody a mentor, somebody that is more mission driven than driven for themselves and that self-interest. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of different folks that I've seen out there um not just here in our local area but throughout the country you know, that work with other individuals and they they discourage them from moving forward, but yet they grab that idea and run with it themselves. Like, are you kidding? That's like so like immoral. It's that moral ethical needle went way this way, you know, that there yeah. was nothing to point that individual in that way. The point is, Rob, I'm trying to say is making sure that you, when you're connected with your life coach or with your, uh, your business coach or with your uh, mentor, Make sure that they're mission-driven. They're not self-interested. They're not doing it just because it's for them. Yeah. They need to be comfortable that it's for the mission, and the mission is to do this. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're going to execute. Otherwise, you might lose out on your company. Somebody may grab it and take it from you. Yeah. So myth versus fact. Should you protect yourself and your company uh, from the things that you're doing? Yeah, you should. You know, yeah. Specifically, if you're, if you're talking to different folks, about prototypes or products that you're looking to develop that's going to change something else, have them sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. Have them sign one. Because anybody who's not willing to sign it is obviously somebody you don't want to be working with. It's a good way yeah. to differ. It's just yes, like a person. If yes, you would sir. ask somebody to take a personality test and they're like, whoa, why? Like, what? <laughs> if they're like really sketchy about it, you're like, maybe you I You can't see I'm crazy? You can't, you can't. Right. <laughs> that confirms it to me. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. maybe I shouldn't be talking to this person. But if you, same way. If you have somebody and they won't sign the NDA, then... I probably shouldn't be working with you. That's a good sign. Correct. Correct. Yeah. In, in, in many different ways, you know, you, you should protect yourself mm-hmm. in what it is that you're doing. Um, some folks love to talk about their business and what they're trying to do and things like that. There is a certain level that you should be protective over your company. You don't want to tell everybody the secret sauce. Yeah. You really don't. Um, it's but, just mayonnaise and ketchup mixed together, I think. How the, the mayonnaise and the mustard and the ketchup <laughs> is spread is what makes the difference. Very right? true. <laughs> well, hey, man, this, this has been a wonderful conversation. Is there, How can people get in contact with you or with Jari and with Jari, too? If, they, sure. if they're looking to start their own thing, if they're in the central Pennsylvania area, if you're not from central Pennsylvania, then uh, you, I'm sure there's many organizations in your area that you could use resources. I actually have to look up the Jari phone number i don't know it off the top of my head because i always just i thought it was just your personal phone number i do actually yeah yeah so so i I, usually the entrepreneurs that i'm working with i refer them over uh to my cell phone and then i just look at the individual that i'm working with whether it's workforce or not i'm like hey such and such person needs for you to call them can you call them yeah i'm pretty personal when it comes out to that 
Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll leave my cell phone out there as well if people want to contact me. I'm cool with that. But if you want to open that floodgate, if you're open Pandora's box, go I'm for cool it. with that. I'm cool with that. You know, I, I am. Um, but but certainly, be if you need to get a hold of some of the folks at Jari for some of the different things you know that we're working on. Um, my cell phone number is eight one four five two five three two eight three. If you're looking to call Jari, it's five three five eight six seven five. They're both area code eight one four. Um, or you can shoot me an email, J-O-T-E-R-O at Jari, J-A-R-I dot com. Uh, we can certainly plug you uh, with whomever it is that's part of the ecosystem. Um, and the ecosystem right now local here is uh, between now five counties, almost six counties. Um, and then my personal connection from the West Coast, San Diego. Um, so we're, we're all over the place, man. Yeah. So if anybody's looking to start a business, looking to expand their business, um, need some help with marketing, whatever it may be, give me a call, shoot me an email. Um, the other spot that people can look at as well as some of the things that I've been doing is uh, startupalleghenies.com. Um, you can find out some of the different upcoming events that we have for entrepreneurs, uh, some of the past events that maybe you want some information about, some literature. Uh, we have a pretty extensive entrepreneur's guide that the uh, state of Pennsylvania puts out there. A lot of different tools, a lot of resources out there um, through startupalleghenies.com. Very cool. That was Rob, a, pleasure, thank man. Thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Wonderful absolutely. to have you on. I hope everybody got something out of this, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right, absolutely. Thanks, guys. I want to thank Jose for coming into the studio for an awesome episode. I really enjoyed that conversation. and Some things you know that I, I learned myself personally, and hopefully if you're on the path to becoming an entrepreneur or you already are one or it's something that you think like, man, that's something that I really want to do someday. Hopefully this gave you some insight and really reach out to Jose because he's there to help. That's what his job is designed for. That's what his mission is to do. It's to help entrepreneurs and to help grow innovation through coaching with Jari. That's J-A-R-I, Jari, organization to help businesses grow in central Pennsylvania. And you can find Jose. He's easy to get a hold of. J-O-T-E-R-O at Jari.com. Or you can call him up at 814-535-8675. And you can also contact Jari at 814-535-8675. Thank you to DDP Yoga. Diamond Dallas Page, my dude, DDP Yoga. Uh, it's a platform that I use. It's really helped to change, strengthen, transform my body. I had a lot of back, shoulder, knee pain, hip pain. Still do in the mornings. Right when I wake up, I still have those pains. So when I get it, I wake up in the morning, I do my stretches, I do a DDP Yoga workout. I can do it anywhere that I go, on my app, on my phone, on my iPad. And then I like airdrop it to my TV so I have my iPad on the floor so I can follow the workout if I'm like in down dog or something like that. But then if I'm standing up doing a, you know, if I'm doing some sort of crazy standing split, then I can stare at the TV and also watch the workout there as well. DDP Yoga, the dude, Diamond Dallas Page, created it to heal himself and through that is healing others. So make sure that if you're in any sort of pain, you just want to you just want to strengthen your body and understand that stretching and yoga is very important for elasticity of your joints and muscles and also for the longevity of your life. DDP Yoga. I'm telling you, get it. It's a sponsor on here because I use it. All the music on this podcast by my man Jake Over. Jake Over, what up? Hear that right now? Jake Over music producer from Altoona, Pennsylvania. Find him on Facebook, Jake Over. You can donate to the podcast. All donations are gladly welcomed. Thank you very much. 
a preemptive thank you at patreon.com forward slash Rob Z Radio to the sponsors of the Clay Cup at the Clay Cup on Facebook and Instagram. Trade Secrets, Secrets and Trade on Facebook and Juice. It's J-O-O-S, the Juice Bar on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for being a sponsor on the show. Thank you so much for listening, Zebras. We'll talk to you next time. This is Rob Z Radio. <laughs> That's brutal.